0: Welcome back to another week here on MWO Sports. Ryan Drury. I'll be joined, as always, by Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. We have a great show this week. Legendary voice of the Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen, will join us to talk all about Maple Leafs opening night. Big win in overtime over Montreal. The season coming up, how they're going to do, what changes might be made at the end of the season. If they stumble again, will Freddie Anderson still be the goalie? And we'll dig into his ownership of the Green Bay Packers as well. Joe Bowen coming up next here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co.
1: This is MWO Sports.
0: Welcome back to MWO Sports brought to you by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury alongside Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. We're very pleased to be joined by a great special guest right after the Leafs opener of the season. Radio play-by-play voice and legend of the air when it comes to the Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen joins us. Joe, how are you?
2: You forgot about being owner of the Green Bay Packers.
3: I uh, left that out, yes. <laughs> how many How many shares do you own?
2: Uh, well, I control five. Okay. Really? All of my sons uh, have a share. I have a share. So we consider ourselves a controlling interest. Uh, The problem we have is when I phone Jerry Jones to see if I could borrow the airplane for a couple of days, he never phones back, which I find very rude now that we are all in the ownership group. But um, that's, that's another problem that I'll get by without worrying about the Leafs and everything else.
0: That's unacceptable. I mean, Jerry should show
2: some respect here. It's That's totally, ridiculous. Totally unacceptable. Absolutely <laughs> unacceptable.
0: Um, Let's talk Leafs and then we'll definitely touch on the Packers because it's going to be a big weekend for them and Aaron Rodgers' legacy in terms of winning Super Bowls potentially. But let's start with the Leafs. Um, What did you make of the opening game, Joe? I mean, Montreal controlled, I would say, probably the first half of the game and then the Leafs started to pick up the pace a little bit and got it figured out, managed to squeak out a win. Entertaining game, really good stuff. What was your impression of how the Leafs played on night one?
2: I hated it. I hated every minute of it because there was no one in the building. Yeah. And what we've gone through, what we've gone through in 2020, and the the opening that uh, Taylor Dean and the and the staff at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment did to have uh, numerous members of uh, uh, police, firefighters, the first responders, people at the hospitals to introduce the guys would have there wouldn't have been a dry eye in the joint. There really wasn't. And I don't think that TV did it justice by not showing all of it. Um, But having said that, um, you know, a Saturday or an opening night on a Wednesday night, Montreal, Toronto, and no matter where it was, whether it's in Montreal or in Toronto, the building is electric. And we missed that. Hmm. We desperately, desperately missed that. I think the players would say to a man that they missed it. Uh, I know I did. I think the viewers certainly would have been that way and our, our listeners as well. But then when you got by that, what they tried to do to emulate crowd noise and 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 do what they could, um, I thought they did a marvelous job. And the game was a hell of a game. It really was. I mean, you know, there, there were mistakes. There was a comeback. There was... Lots of problems for both coaches to mull about uh, the next day. Uh, A great win for the Maple Leafs and an exciting ending. And there wasn't 18,000 in there to enjoy it. And that, I think, was just a travesty, but we got no control over that.
3: Joe, you have the tendency, I know because I've sat beside you up there for uh, quite a few games, and yeah, to- you weren't
2: very good either, Chris. I got to admit that we've made a major league improvement for years since we got rid of you,
3: yeah, I know. I've told the story though about the out- of town scoreboards with Jimmy in the box. so that that was that's been exposed, Joe, just so you know. But anyway, well, how weird was it? Like I'm sure the player you have a tendency to project your voice a little bit. I'm sure those players could hear you, don't you think?
2: I don't know if they could because they, the 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 crowd noise that they pumped in and it was in the bowl uh, was you know it, it didn't it didn't react to what was going on maybe a little late maybe they they juiced it up when there was a play or something like that but there it was still enough crowd noise in there that I I mean first off I haven't been able to ask any of them because we can't get near them right. um, so I I really can't answer that but I don't believe that it would have um, okay. just from what I heard in my headsets and, and, and that sort of thing. So I think Chris that it was pretty much status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I mean, the TV guys were next to us. So if I didn't hear from them, I guess maybe it was okay. Uh, We talked about energy in the arena, Joe,
4: Uh, the players seem to, I guess, uh, create their own energy at times. Can you give us a little, I guess, breakdown about the uh, first game for the new Leafs, uh, Mr. Simmons and uh, Jumbo Joe? Well,
2: Steve, you know, and and Boghossian and Brody, um, uh, and uh, and um, you know, Barabanov, too um, made a big time block. Didn't mm-hmm. play a lot of minutes. Um, it's uh, obviously it's a it's a project and it's under construction. Um, I don't know if. Joe Thornton looked as comfortable as I'd hoped he would look. Um, but I think Jimmy Vesey did. Uh, I think that uh, obviously um, everybody is touting how the game turned uh, because of something that the Leafs have never really had in the last couple of years, and that was pushback. And it, it wasn't so much that it was a response to a play as much it was Steve Simmons going to the front of the net and hacking and whacking, and then offering the challenge. And the challenge was met by Chirac. And unfortunately for the Canadians, uh, the lead player came out on top of all of that. And then I think more so was his bellowing to the bench, let's go. And this team hasn't had that. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Clifford, Yes, maybe a little, but, you know, once in a while. And I don't know how often that, you know, Wayne Simmons is going to be asked to the Wayne train and, and go through somebody like this, but it's, it's there. It's there for people to see. It's there for the opponents to see. It's there for the opposing coaches to see. And it's something that, uh, and uh, it's an unfold thing on a bench. It really is. And if you get your nose rubbed in it, and no one pushes back, well, your bench sinks. And I don't care how talented you are and how offensive gifted you are, if you don't push back, this game, you know, and, and I've said this many, many times is that the, the, the oldest person involved with this team, Con Smythe, came up with the great line: if you can't beat them in the alley, you can't beat them on the ice. And and it's not as much of an alley anymore. It's a little narrower and things don't go on in there as often as they used to. But when you get your nose rubbed in it and you get pushed, you better have somebody on that bench that is capable and, more important, willing to go out and push back. And so Bogosian, Muzzin, and now Simmons, and to an extent Joe Thornton, are people that will push back. You don't want Nylander. You don't want Marner. You don't want Matthews. these I mean, that's not the group that has to do that. And uh, I think we saw last night that Wayne Simmons is quite uh, prepared, willing, and obviously able to push back. And thats that's something. When you're playing this team that they played last night, instead of three times, ten times? You better have some pushback somewhere along the line because you know you're going to get pushed. Don't go anywhere.
0: We will be right back with more with legendary voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen, right here on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co.
1: This is MWO Sports.
0: Welcome back to MWO Sports brought to you as always by CoolBet.co. Ryan Drury still hanging out here with Clarky and Steve Savern. And we are very pleased to still be hanging out with the legendary voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen. Now, Joe, I know in talking about this team, you bring up a number of changes and goaltending might end up being one of them. I mean, Frederick Anderson, ever since they acquired him, I think he's actually been pretty good i don't think he's among those roadblocks in the playoffs that you've been uh that you alluded to earlier do you think that he is the man to take the leafs all the way to the promised land or do you think in a contract year where he's making five million he could eventually ask for more do you think he is the guy that will ultimately still be
2: the leaf starter next year and beyond this 56 game season is going to dictate that um uh both parties at the at least at this point have said they're not going to negotiate until season is over. Uh, I mean, you have to remember, I mean, uh, Bezalovsky was pretty good with uh, Tampa Bay, but hadn't won either. They'd gotten beaten out. They got beat out first round a year ago or two years ago now, I guess. So everybody goes through this, and until you have done it, um, you know, you're still kind of on the outside. You look at it like Billington. Right now, he's kind of on a bit of a bubble, we're not really too sure, but he, he caught lightning in a jar, and St. Louis Blues went to the final and won the whole thing, and he became, you know, a, a big thing and, and obviously became a, a, a very rich man because of it. I mean, if you look at this statistical stuff over the, over the years and over Frederick Anderson's career, um, it, it's impressive enough to say that he is among the elite goaltenders. Is he in the top three or four? maybe not is he in the top 10 yes he is if he won two or three rounds in the playoffs would that accelerate his yes it would if he won the stanley cup would he really be in for a big pay raise yes it would so i mean his side is probably taking the the chance that they're going to be very successful and, and 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 go through this and he'll get the big payday but um, you know, I mean, he has to play better. He had a 9.09 save percentage a year ago. That reminds me a lot of Chris Clark playing goal. <laughs> <It was laughs>
1: no,
2: no, 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 that was 6.09. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, of course, in the Unionville Men's League, was way up there, probably about 7.25. So, yeah. Hey, I, you know what? A jury
3: asked my question because, of course, I wanted to talk about goaltending. And I remember sitting beside a young Joe Bowen well, maybe not that young. Back in 1990, when Sergio Mameso took a slap shot from outside the blue line and beat Alan Bester, and I'll never forget what Joe called him when we went to the break. Anyway, those things stick with me. They probably don't stick with Joe because he's seen a lot more games than I have, but
2: the, my well, it question… Probably wasn't, it probably wasn't very uh, complimentary. No, it wasn't, and I'll never forget it. Um, it's but I'll tell you loves- what, Chris… We had a lot smaller goaltending equipment on them, and I probably should have been a little more complimentary or at least uh, empathetic, if yeah. nothing else, because yeah. Lord knows you and I have let things in from further away than that.
3: Yes, we have. Yeah. But my question is, if if it's not Freddie, and I've been I've been critical of Freddie on this show, who is it? Like like you can't just assume
2: Jack Campbell or Dell or. Whoever is gonna is gonna jump in there. That's my It'll question. Be a great story. It'll be a great story. I'll play for the minimum, <laughs> and at seventy years of age, by the time we win the Stanley Cup, I'll be part of hockey lore. I mean, yeah. even the owner of the New York Rangers played in a Stanley Cup playoff game. I mean, what the hell? Why shouldn't I be a part of it? Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, they they've added some depth with uh, Aaron Dell. Uh, Chuck Campbell is is a, a Maybe every bit as good as Billington. We don't know. So he runs with the ball and and, and gets to do stuff. I know he's a quality individual. Great. He was the World uh, Junior Hockey Tournament number one goalie. He's got some track record. You don't know until you are entrusted and entrusted with the job of being the number one guy. Um, it's a strange position. It's uh, and and you, the the Hamburglar. How was he? Oh, the next year couldn't stop his ass with his thumb. So I mean, uh, having said that, I mean that you 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 don't know and and till you're entrusted with it, um, who knows why? Why was Frederick Anderson better than the guy in Anaheim who they decided to keep? and send Anderson to Toronto. Until you are entrusted with the job of being the number one guy. And I I think in the fact that it is a contract year, the fact that it is a, uh, a smaller season, a smaller sample, 56 games, if things go south, other people in this organization are going to get a chance to run with the ball. And that's not just with the Toronto Maple Leafs. What happens if Kerry Price goes south? Well, they went and got Jake Allen, mm-hmm. thinking there was going to be an 82-game season, and he was just going to kind of spell him. But if things go south, or or God forbid, an injury, he's going to get a chance to run with the ball. And um, you know, Jack Campbell, I think, would think, and and certainly management thinks, otherwise they wouldn't have traded for him, that he's capable of doing that if that unthinkable thing happens.
4: Uh, Joe, a weird situation with the way the divisions are set up. Um, Looking at the North Division, of course, um, who is going to be the toughest challenge for Toronto this season?
2: Well, other than Ottawa, the other teams were like separated by five points. So you throw a name out for me. Um, They're all capable of being, um, you know, great teams and good teams and being right there at the end. I mean, it's going to be a cavalry charge down to the end, and it's going to be very interesting to see. God forbid you get into a losing streak, or God forbid that you get into a lot of key injuries, which I think, I think this is – the schedule, I think, is just great. You guys are way too – oh, no, Chris, you're old enough. You guys are way too young to remember the original six when they played Montreal 12 times. They played Detroit 12 times. There was a lot of hate on to the point where if you were on the train going to Detroit and the team, one team was in one car and the bar car was in the middle and the other team was on. Well, you didn't go because you didn't want to see these guys because you were arch enemies and hated each other. Well, by the time all of these 10 games with the Montreal Canadiens gets done and nine with the teams out west, it's going to be. Uh, as uh, Orval Tessier used to say, a lot of animosity. City Joe,
3: you um are you you trend on Twitter a lot, mostly because it's the leaf fans hatred towards some of the play by play guys that are out there. I, I and i'm 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 sometimes one of the ones that lead the charge, I must admit. However, what do you like better? Like I would imagine
2: don't care what I like better. It's my bank manager that likes TV. <laughs> I get it. But you know what?
3: Like TV is a lot more work. So that's why you get paid more, right? It is. It is more work. No,
2: no, it's not.
3: It's, it is. Okay. When time do you have to get there for a TV game compared to a radio? There,
2: game? I get there for the same time for both. Do you? Okay. It's. A, I mean, for what I'm doing, it's the same thing. You know, I mean, uh, It's it's probably more work for the color commentator for TV, because you don't control what's going on. When I do radio, I'm uh, the talent, I'm the producer, and I'm the damn director. And I, hey,
3: I produce the games. Don't no, tell me you, you produce the you games. You
2: the buttons and you turned on the mic. I told you and, when to take a break. Oh, yeah, thank you. No, but I heard that. Now we have people talking on our ear from the station. Oh. You were, uh, your job was done. Okay. But, so you, you, you decide and Ralphie and I decide what we're going to talk about. Sure. Uh, but if it's TV, the producer in the truck has got a lot of visuals and he's got all kinds of things that he wants to get in. And so you react to what he's going to do when the game stops. But I'm not in charge when the game stops.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm in charge when the game's on. And so it really is not a great deal of difference. Now, do you do the game differently? Yes, you do. Because obviously people can see where the puck's on the left wing side or whatever. So you don't have to be as graphic. And certainly when I worked with Harry Neal, I encouraged him to be more involved when the play was on to finish his thoughts or to add something. And when we're doing radio, you try to, you know, Ralphie tries to make sure that when the game's on, I'm trying to describe to somebody who's sitting there who can't see where it is and what's going on. And then he's going to fill in the blanks when the play is stopped. So that's the difference. But uh, uh, obviously if you're doing TV and you're talking to, Two or three million people, as opposed to radio, which wouldn't have that big of a thing. They you get more money, and my bank manager thinks that's a hell of an idea.
3: So who'd you <laughs> piss off? What's that? Who did you piss off? Why why aren't you on TV?
2: I pissed you off, and you got me fired. <laughs> no, no, not true. You were on TV when I was there. Oh, well, I, I don't. I honestly don't know, Chris. And to be honest with you, <laughs> no one has ever told me. Um, when, mm. when the lease was sold and the, and the conglomerates took over and then the big deal that Rogers made, um, yeah, the one ever phoned me and told me, okay, you're gone because of, and it was just, okay, well, uh, uh, going, I love the term and I'm sure that every lawyer has got going in a different direction.
3: Right. Uh, you know, I had this discussion. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm the different direction and I went in a different direction.
3: I had the discussion with John Shannon a few months back about um, he said you need national guys on the national broadcasts. My argument was when I was a kid growing up, I knew if the Leafs were in Montreal, we heard Danny Gallivan. If Montreal was in Toronto, it was Bill Hewitt in my time. If the Leafs were in Vancouver, it was Jim Robson. I love that. I love that. It was like my guy and Joe Bowen's my guy. And when the Leafs are playing, I want my guy. I just don't like this national broadcast crap. Anyway,
2: we don't um, have to talk the, about it. The, the, the address is provided. I will send you the email and you can fire off your nasty note. But um, I have... at, this, at this point, I'm just glad that I'm still doing games and yes. uh, we'll we'll muddle through it as much as we can um and i appreciate i really do i really do appreciate long time serving leaf fans that uh, get their shorts in a knot and now that we have all of this social media that they can vent their frustration um you know i i i appreciate it but uh, at this point it's beyond my control Uh, i'm just happy to do what i'm doing Uh, jimmy ralph and i have been together for nigh on to 24 years now Wow. And uh, last night I think was my 3335th game or something like that um you know I, I, I'd like to do this until we have a parade and I sincerely yes. hope that it's in my watch but uh, there's no guarantees of that either so um, we'll we'll muddle through until uh, and there'll be a day where I'll sit down and I go you know what can't do this anymore uh I'm not I'm not keeping up I'm not there. And I'll be the one to know it before others, I hope, because I don't want to overstay my welcome. Joe, have you ever thought about what you would say
4: in a Stanley Cup clinching moment? Do you have something planned or something that's just going to come to you at the time?
2: You know, Steve, I I think, uh, and I've said this a number of times to people, if you do that, it's going to sound like that. It's contrived. You've written it down. You've got it right in front of you. um, And that's what it's going to sound like. Um, I I felt so bad, so bad for the guys from the Chicago Blackhawks when they won the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1961. And they didn't know the puck was in the net. And there wasn't an iconic... Mm. Right, and yeah. went really. After all that, really, they're <laughs> that. So, no, I haven't. I haven't thought about what I would want to say. I, I, I kind of mold things through my head. What would, what would be nice or whatever. But if it's an overtime winning goal, what the hell are you gonna do? Whatever it's game seven and overtime. I mean, you're just gonna go crazy and and whatever, and whatever pops into your. Fertile imagination is what's going to be. If you're winning 7-1 in the second period, you might sit down and say, there'd be a nice little note, and you could fire in a nice four-lettered expletive for everybody else and just end your career right there, and away you went. But um, no, I I really haven't thought uh, what I would say, uh, because I think that what I have done over the year for any of the special moments that I have that I cherish have been literally spur of the moment, what came into your head, what dictated what had just happened and react to what you saw.
0: And I think that's the best way. And and that's the, you know, the way you've always done it bonesy. And I think that, you know, like Clark, said, that's why Leafs nation has such an attachment to you. We're chatting with the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen, Joe, uh, bit of a long-winded question earlier this week I was chatting with Carlo Coliacavo over on TSN 1050 and we were having a chat about uh, Mitch Marner and William Nylander just some of the narrative around the team over the last couple of years big money deals obviously Marner significantly more than Nylander but there's this narrative that if if the Leafs continue to stumble or as you said run into roadblocks and maybe it happens again this year maybe they win the cup that'd be nice um but if they continue to fail quote unquote under expectations, there seems to be this narrative that they've got to move one of them. One of them's got to go. They got to blow the core up in some dramatic way. I want to rewind 11 years to 2010 when the Chicago Blackhawks won that Stanley Cup and they beat the Philadelphia Flyers. And a couple of years later, the Flyers did just that. They blew the core of their team up. They traded away Mike Richards and Jeff Carter, two extremely good players and the Philadelphia Flyers have been swimming around aimlessly ever since. And they've got a good team now, but it did not work out. And they actually won cups elsewhere in Los Angeles together. You look at teams like Pittsburgh. They win that cup in 09, and then they had a mighty struggle to get back, and then they win two more. But they kept that core together. Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Marc-Andre Fleury was still there, although he lost his job. And then you even look at my favorite team, the Washington Capitals. How, how much did they get kicked around for keeping the core together? They kept them together. They won. I guess in my long-winded question here, do you believe that the Leafs need to do something like that? Or do you think that this is the core that they have to keep together and you move pieces in around until you finally hit a jackpot?
2: Well, you're absolutely correct. Uh, that was very long-winded. Is there another question, Chris? who is this guy what was that all about sorry howard it's the howard
3: Berger of mwo sports no come
2: on do do you want do do you need the window seat are you going to be okay (laughs) ryan here's here's the thing and this is a this is the, the the toughest question in sports and let's go to the chicago bears The Chicago Bears this week decided they're going to keep their general manager and their coach despite what has gone on with that long-suffering franchise because they believe that having continuity and the same direction and the trust in the people that are running it to correct even though they've been a part of the problem here, right? So that was ownership's decision. That is a difficult thing for an owner or ownership in the case of the Maple Leafs, because it's a boardroom, not just Harold Ballard sitting in his office. Do you have the patience and do you trust the people that are doing what you've asked them to do at the highest level? And at this point, you you can look at, how about the, the core of the uh, of the Tampa Bay lightning same same question and and you're talking about the flyers about how they changed things and 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 haven't been the same well why didn't why wasn't the core of the Tampa Bay lightning blowing up especially after 2 years ago when they were dismissed in four straight games because they were without question the Stanley Cup favorite correct so that didn't happen, and management said, uh, "Let's let's come back in a week. Let's not make any, um, you know, hackneyed decisions right now. Let's think about this and take a deep breath and see where we are and everything else." And that will happen. That then you have to, at that point, decide how big's your core. How big was how big was Tampa Bay's core? Well, let's start with the two guys, right? The two number one picks, Headman and, and Stamkos, and then they added people around that. The Leafs probably have a larger core of prominent picks that they've made or trades that they've made. In the case of John Tavares, so that I think will be a situation if the core will not get blown up. It might get tinkered with. And and that's entirely up to, you know, uh, Kyle Dubas and Brendan Shanahan and the coaching staff to think if they need to do that. Do they need to make a big splash with a huge defenseman because we can maybe give away one of the forwards? Yeah, but that's, that's that's a long meeting in the boardroom to decide that. And we'll wait and see. Uh, but that's the, the fun about owning a team, even if you're not, you know, are, are in charge of a team. Uh, and I'm sure that everybody that's involved with the, uh, all of the fantasy leagues goes through the same decision-making process. And how many of those clowns are actually employed by NHL teams?
0: Hopefully none of them. Uh, fantasy, no, thank is a dangerous, God. Yeah, fantasy is a dangerous game. I'm glad I'm not the general manager of my favorite team. I'll tell you that right now. Speaking of owning a team, Joe, you are a diehard Green Bay Packers fan. Uh, our viewers can see it. Um, I want to know, how did you fall in with the Cheeseheads? When did your fandom start? Who were some of your favorite players when you were young? And what do you think of the team this year? Big game coming up this weekend against the Rams.
2: Well, um, like most kids, um, you attach yourself to a team that's winning. So we have a myriad of New England Patriot fans, little guys running around. Sorry. Johnny Johnny come lately's front runners. At any rate, um, when I was young, the Green Bay Packers and Vince Lombardi were winning uh, the uh, the NFL championships. And then of course, the first two Super Bowls. And I have brainwashed my kids um, that you have to, and, and like it's like being a Leaf fan. Um, you know what? I, I grew up a Toronto Maple Leaf fan as a kid. I, I apparently was listening to Bill Barilko score the winning goal in 1951 when I was a couple of days old. Uh, but I did get to watch the, the the four Stanley Cups in the '60s, so I was a Leaf fan then. But if, you, if, if you're a real sports fan and you attach yourself to a team, you're going to be disappointed more than you're going to be exhilarated by the thrill of victory. And when the Packers finally turned things around, when Brett Favre and company arrived on the scene and my kids are in the basement and I'm in tears watching them win the Super Bowl for the first time since my favorite player, Bart Starr and Jerry Kramer and Ray Nitschke and Paul Horning and Jim Taylor, um, I, I said to them, perish this, because you may only see this once, maybe not, maybe you'll never see it again in your lifetime, but you can't stop being a fan if you have attached yourself to that team. And so countless number of Leaf fans uh, have cried on my shoulder and been upset and pissed and everything else about what's going on. I can't stand these guys anymore. Oh, they're playing tomorrow night. Let's go. So you got you to gotta hang in there. You got to hang in there because when it happens, and it, I hope it's in my tenure and it will happen, it is going to be so sweet. And I'm also a Boston Red Sox fan. And I, I mean – 1918, they had won the World Series since 1918, and when they did, guys were taking their radios to the cemetery because Grandpa and Dad were right here, and I want them to hear the Red Sox beat the Yankees to go to the World Series, and then the World. I mean, that that stuff just brings tears to my eyes, and it just swells you with what being a fan is all about. I mean, you can't just, you know what, yeah, yeah, Uh, you know what, that's too bad. Tom Brady's left, Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a Patriots fan anymore. How about them Bills? Oh yeah, let's go, you can't do that. Because then you're not a fan. You're a Johnny come lately and good for you. Hang in there and I hope it all works out for you. But when you are a real fan of a team, and my kids have followed me, although I did have them as Red Sox fans, and now they've gone over to that Blue Jay side. But Notre Dame Fighting Irish, Green Bay Packers, Toronto Maple Leafs, and we'll bleed those colors uh, as long as we can, and we'll celebrate their successes, and we will cry deeply about their losses. Uh, We've gone through one this year with uh, the Fighting Irish, but they had to get there to lose, And we are hoping that the Green Bay Packers are going to be a Super Bowl champion and we can really enjoy that. And even in this COVID thing, and sometimes we have to do it like this on a Zoom uh, with all of us uh, being a part of it. But hopefully by February, maybe we can actually uh, all get together and really celebrate.
3: Joe, just before you go, uh, you talked about your kids. And I I just want to ask one last question, Um, and and it relates to junior hockey now and how – a lot of these kids are losing out on a big year of development. It hits home with you, your son, David, drafted by the Sudbury Wolves. How has he been able to keep going? And, and is he playing? Is he getting any practice in? What's happening with, with David?
2: Well, Rob mazuka who is the commissioner of the NJOHL, uh, Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League, has done a marvelous job up there. Right now, because the province has completely shut down, he's not playing. But they started up before Christmas. Uh, They changed a lot of things. There was no body contact, as in body checking. All of the players had to wear uh, full plastic face shields. They played six games against the same opponent, then took a week off, uh, tested again, and then played another opponent the same amount of games. And they're planning on doing that again once they get back so that those kids are at least getting on the ice and playing. Um, The OHL, uh, I know in Quebec, the government subsidized the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League to allow them to get going, which is why they were playing. Um, The OHL, I don't think is going to get any government uh, support. I could be wrong. But they can't play without people in the stands. Mm
3: -hmm. Um,
2: They're paying too much money. Uh, I the, the I know JHL is playing because I'm still paying for David to play. So parents are putting money in and there are owners, but they're you know they're they're not taking the big hit the way uh, owners would be at, at the major junior level. So they've done a great job. I, f- I mean, I feel terrible. Never mind at that level. I mean the minor midget year, um, when all of these kids are gonna to get drafted into the OHL, uh, they're not playing at all. And I, it, it's horrible. And, and, and we have the, the two-sided coin going on because down south of the border, stuff is going on almost normal. And um, that's being allowed. And yet uh, here, we've decided that it's going to be a, a lot more restrictive. And it's way above my pay grade to say what's right and what's wrong. Um, and I know how terrible this uh, whole pandemic has been and how many families have lost dear ones Uh, And been impacted by it, uh, whether it be, you know, health wise or whether it's been just financially and and everything else. um, It's a tough thing to do. And hockey and recreation has been chunted down the list uh, quite substantially uh, to, you know, how things are going to come back. So God hope that this vaccine is going to actually get us back to some kind of normalcy, um, but I will say this, I sincerely hope someone pays for this somehow for having this started, and that hasn't yet been broached very often and uh, elsewhere, and I, for the life of me, um, I, I don't understand why.
0: Well said, Joe. And you're right. It's been a really tough year for for sports and for kids, especially, like you said. Never mind junior age players. Um, hopefully, we're on the other side of this uh, sooner than later with vaccines arriving. So uh, we really appreciate you doing this, Joe Bone, legendary voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I also hope that someday we're able to hear you calling a Leaf Stanley Cup championship. It would be a magical thing. I think it's something you deserve. I've listened to you since I was a little kid. Uh, I know Clarky would love it and leafs nation would love it and they want you to be the guy to call it so we really appreciate you doing this and joining us on the show joe have a great season
2: thanks ryan and chris and uh steve it's appreciated after listening to me all these years how the hell could you not be a leaf fan ryan jesus
0: i'm sorry joe i'm sorry i fell in with the wrong crowd right,
2: right away i looked at you and said that's not the sharpest knife in the drawer right there
0: oh well fair enough i don't know I I will just retort briefly by saying that the Capitals eventually treated me pretty well. I had a fun summer. Feel
2: free to edit that part out if you want, but that's, uh,
0: we'll go ahead and keep it. We make fun of Clarky quite a bit. It's about time somebody ribbed me so we can keep it. Fair enough. Uh, Best of luck with the Packers this weekend too, Joe. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you guys.
0: Thanks very much to legendary voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Joe Bowen, for joining us here. We will be right back with our wagering expert from CoolBet, Chris Abbott. And we're going to switch things up a little bit this week. We're going to have a little bit of fun hockey season underway. We're going to do a little fantasy draft here coming up next on MWO Sports, brought to you by CoolBet.co.
1: This is MWO
0: Sports. Welcome back to wrap things up here on MWO sports. Ryan Drury still alongside Clarkie and Steve Sabrin. And we welcome in our wagering expert from cool bet, Mr. Chris Abbott. Chris, how are you?
1: I'm good boys. How are we all doing? Uh, NHL underway. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, uh, some teams were a little more ready to go than others, but uh, I'm glad it's back, and I, I'm really looking forward to the point where we get fans in the stadium again, whenever that happens.
0: God, so am I. It's so exciting to have hockey back on. It's fantastic. And with that in mind, we thought we would switch things up a little bit this week. We thought we'd do a fun little fantasy draft where the four of us will compete against each other for the year. We'll We'll keep track of the stats. Let's do it now. We'll just go goals, assists, wins, shutouts. We'll draft three players and a goalie each. And uh, in my number generator here, we've decided where we're going to slot in this snake draft. And Mr. Steve Sabarin will have the first overall pick. So, Mr. Sabarin, go ahead and start us off.
4: Oh, fantastic. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Um, (laughs) You know what? Just in the spirit of being competitive I'll take Austin Matthews. Wow. Take wow. this guy off the table and let the three of you duke it out.
3: Wow. wow. Unbelievable. A shock Holy. first pick. Chris Clark wow.
4: at number 2.
3: Steve knows he has the 8th pick too, right? Anyway, um I Yeah, I I got to go with Connor McDavid. it's a toss-up in my mind between sidle McDavid and uh and McKinnon, but I'm going to go with the guy who's the best player by far in my mind in the league, Connor McDavid.
0: There you have it. Connor McDavid, number two overall controversy already. Mr. Abbott, you are picking third.
1: Well, you guys know I'm from the East Coast, so I got to take Nate Dog with my first pick.
0: I'm not shocked. Nate McKinnon off the board. That leaves me to pick back to back. And I am happy, very happy to take Alexander Ovechkin. He is going to lead the league in goals again. I will take Ovi number four. And since I'm going back to back, I got to take Mr. Dreisaitl from the Edmonton Oilers. I think Dreisaitl Ovechkin is going to win me this league alone. And now we bump back to Mr. Abbott coming back up the other way in the snake.
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. This is where it gets a little bit tough. Um, I was just going to – there's a player I was going to take, but he has – okay, I'm going to go with um, Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane, not a bad
0: pick. He's the main man on the Blackhawks. We go back to Mr. Chris Clark to add to Connor McDavid.
3: Um, Okay, I'm going to go off the board here and pick my first goaltender, Vasilevsky.
0: Andre Vasilevsky, the Vesna winner from a couple years ago, off the board. Steve Sabarin, back-to-back picks now.
4: Oh, boy. Um that's a good question. Um, <laughs> well, let's go with. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna go a little uh, as Clarky said off the board. I'm gonna go with Eichel and Aho.
0: Wow. Jack, uh, the Eichel Tower and Sebastian Aho from the Carolina Hurricanes. That is back to back for Mr. Sabron and Clarkie, your third pick.
3: Um, I will go. Well, I'm looks like I'm going to uh, I didn't plan on doing this, but my second uh, Tampa Bay Lightning Braden point.
0: Nice. Not a bad pick at all. Mr. Oh. Abbott, your
1: third pick. So many good options out there, right? Um, I, well, seeing I've already got Nate, let's take his buddy, Sid. I'll go with Sidney Crosby <laughs> for my last pick.
0: That's not terrible. <laughs> Me back to back. Uh, I will further the controversy and I will pair up two of the NHL's greatest rivals of all time. The countrymen, I will take Yevgeny Malkin. And now I need a goaltender, and I will take last year's Vesna winner. I will take Connor the Wall Hellebuck.
1: That, that is bumps a bold, us back.
2: bold choice bold. taking
1: Malkin. Malkin is bold. It Malkin is bold,
0: is bold but he, he is good, and when he's healthy, he rolls. Mr. Abbott, you need a goaltender, and that is it. Uh,
1: until I saw the way he played against the Islanders on opening night, I would have taken Igor Shesterkin. Uh, but absolutely <laughs> terrible. So I am going to go with Jacob Markstrom of the Calgary Flames. Nice.
0: I nice like that pick. pick. Very good. Mr. Clark, you need a goaltender, as does Mr. and Director. Oh, I have draft. a goaltender.
3: I have a Yes, you do. Buddy. Sorry, you have Vasilevsky. No, that's okay. You can do whatever you like. So I've never been in a draft without a Maple Leaf. Oh, now. no. Now, Austin's gone. <laughs> Don't do it. I know there's a lot of good players out
1: there. It's going to have an impact. I'm not taking
3: Brad Marshawn. That's for sure. (laughs) He's not going to be a leaf. You know who I think is honestly going to have a monster year and I'm going to pick him. Oh gosh. Wild bill. Wild bill. Willie Nylander is my last pick. As Jeff O'Neill says,
0: Bill Nye, the wrist shot guy, is on Team Clark. Mr. Yep. Sabrin, to wrap up our little draft here, you need a goaltender.
4: Yeah, uh goaltender,
1: so wins and shutouts, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and Alan Bester is not available.
4: <laughs> 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 We've already talked about Alan Bester with Joe Bowen earlier today. Is that right? <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, the circle uh, of uh, life. You know what? You know, just because, just because. Freddie Anderson.
3: Oh, wow.
0: Wow. Mr. Sabrin and Clarky leaning on the Leafs. I Er,
1: Er, only have one. He's got two. Steve, if you don't finish dead last in this pool, I will give you $200.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It is recorded. It's on the air. But the thing about it is like, I've been told by Leaf fans time and time again that this is going to be their year and they're going to have like the scoring punch and Freddie's going to have a monster year. I so haven't that's said that. the case. Yeah,
3: yeah Jack, Campbell, watch- Jack Campbell Jack will be starting goalie in three weeks, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so, Steve, who do you have? Let's recap. Who do you have?
4: Matthews, Ajo, Eichel, um, and uh, Freddie.
3: And I have McDavid, Vasilevsky, Point, and Nylander, Abbott.
1: Uh, I didn't know I was supposed to write it down. McKinnon,
3: Kane, Crosby,
1: Patty Kane, and uh, and Jacob Markstrom. I like my team. I like
0: like your team as well. I, of course, like mine better. I have the greatest goal scorer of all time Alexander Ovechkin, Leon Drysidel, Gino Malkin, and Connor Hellebuck. We'll put the teams online. You can let us know who you think uh, has the best team. Uh, Chris, real quick, who's going to win the NFL matchups this weekend?
1: Oh boy, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh how long do I got? Uh, uh for wins, I, I like the Packers to win. I like the Bills to win, I like the Chiefs to win. They're all favorites. I think Tampa Bay wins uh in the late game on Sunday. Nice. Uh, I do, I Things think. Things are going Bucks too
3: well it. for the Bills. I don't think they're gonna do it.
1: Uh yeah, that'll that's a close game. I mean, the spread is only two and a half, but uh Lamar's never played in the cold weather like uh he's about to play in. So I do think there is something to that. And I think the Bills uh, run defense might have a better chance than the Titans did. Um, listen, if the Titans weren't so bad last week, they they probably win that game. So I, I think the Bills offense will be a, be a determining factor here.
0: I agree. The Titans were the only team that kind of screwed me over last week. They ruined my six game parlay, but that's okay. That's Stop why you bet. I'm sorry. I love a parlay, man. It's my favorite <laughs> word in sports gambling. He is our favorite gambling expert when it comes to sports. He is Chris Abbott from CoolBet. We really appreciate your insight, buddy. Enjoy the games this weekend and enjoy the hockey, sir.
1: All right, I will. Thank you so much. Yeah, there's so much going on and uh, just betting against the Raptors every chance I get, unfortunately, right now as well. So Yeah, hammer uh, the over. Hammer the it's, over. It's Yeah, it's busy times. Things are great. So thanks for having me on and I uh, look forward to seeing how this all plays out uh, for the games this weekend, for this uh, draft we've done.
0: Absolutely. Looking forward to it as always. You can listen into this show Friday nights just after 6 on CKNX AM 920 and CKNX.ca. You can find the podcast on all the best podcast apps. Follow us on social media at MWO underscore sports on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well. You can watch the show Friday nights at 8, Sunday nights at 9 on Whiteman TV, our friends who produce this great show for us. And remember to enjoy the hockey. It's back. It's the best time of year. We really appreciate you listening to and watching MWO sports. And before we go, brought to you by coolbat.co remember before we go all the leaf games are on cknx am 920 you can catch all them on the radio and hear our buddy joe bowen calling the action we appreciate you listening to and watching the show